By the help of the Lord, I want to try to speak today on a subject titled, Living for Someone Greater Than Yourself. Hallelujah. Living for Someone Greater Than Yourself. The scripture that I read, Apostle Paul said that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. In 1998, Steven Spielberg directed a World War II war epic that was titled Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks was the star of that movie, and he played the role of a Captain Miller who was ordered to, uh, to take a group of rangers to seek out and bring back a private whose mother had received three telegrams in one day that three of his brothers were killed in action. The group of seven soldiers battled in their minds why a group of rangers should sacrifice their lives just to find and bring home one private. If you remember watching the movie, you remember as they were looking and going through and everything was happening, they, they felt like, you know, hey, you know, this is not why I'm here. Why should we be doing this, trying to find one soldier in all of that mess of World War II was like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Um, several of those, a part of the team, were killed. And when Private Ryan was found, even Captain Miller had been mortally wounded. And I can remember the scene as Captain Miller was, he was sitting down on a bridge of that bombed out city, breathing his last breath, and uh, James Ryan was standing there at him. And his dying words, Captain Miller's dying words, he had priv uh, Private Ryan to get closer. And he was trying to speak something, and he, uh, he said, What are you saying? What are you saying? And his dying words was, earn this. Earn it. Earn this. Earn it. And then the last scene of the movie showed Private Ryan much older as a white, gray-headed man. And he came back uh, to Normandy and there to the graveyard of all the thousands of American soldiers had gave, given their life in that war, and he sought out Sergeant, uh, Captain Miller's grave. And there at the grave, he broke down. And when he got down to his knees and he got, and he got back up, his wife came to him. And he asked his wife to tell him something. She says, what? He said, tell me that I've been a good man, that I've lived a good life. 
please tell me that because the memories of Captain Miller's dying words still haunted him day by day. Captain Miller and those rangers had lived and died for something greater than themselves. Even though they didn't understand it, they died and lived for something greater than themselves. Now, I've come here today to tell you that over 2,000 years ago, on a hill called Calvary, one man took on the sins of a whole world. He left the throne of heaven and he came to this world searching, searching for me and searching for you. And he said, greater love hath no man than one lay down his life for his friends. He came searching for us. He came looking for us. I, I, sometimes I hear somebody uh, uh, mistakenly make the statement, so we praise God, I found Jesus. No, you didn't find Jesus. Jesus ain't never been lost. He found you. I'm glad he found me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm glad he came looking for me. Matter of fact, that's a good old southern gospel song. He came looking for me. Hallelujah. He came looking for you when you were lost, headed to hell. Amen. Mixed up in the world and sin. Jesus Christ came looking for you. Hallelujah. Jesus came to this world. Just like in that movie to bring back that private. Jesus came back, came to bring us safely back home to the Father's house. So let me ask you a question. How can we continue to be so selfish and live for ourselves? And not live for the one who died for us. I'm talking about living for someone greater than yourself. Living for someone greater than what you think you might want to do. What you think you might want to be. Hallelujah. I can't do much. Amen. I don't, I don't know much. I really don't know sometimes why God chose me and why he called me to carry his gospel because I feel so unworthy of that. But there's one thing I do know. He called me. He called me. He put it upon my heart. Amen, to carry this gospel. And by the grace of God, hallelujah, I want to live my life whatever time God gives me. I want to live my life for someone greater than Sammy Pruitt. Hallelujah, because he was great. Hey, what's that old song? I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in his place. But Jesus, God's son, took my place. Why should not I want to 
live for him. Lord, I feel the spirit of the Lord. Glory. Living for someone greater, Brother Mike, than yourself. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's hard for me to realize it, but there are a few things in this life greater than me. There's few things more important than me. Hallelujah. And we all know that we're getting so close to this thing winding up to the end of it. We need to be up and about the Father's business. There's a couple points that I want to share with you in this message today. The first thing that I want to talk about is that the love of Christ compels us to live for Him. Hallelujah. The love of Christ compels us, constrains us to live for Him. Now, I don't, I don't know if you will believe this or not, but I'm as honest with this statement as I possibly can be. Sister Lisa, I'm not doing what I'm doing and living for the Lord because I'm scared if I don't, I'd die to go to hell. I'm not here to magnify myself or lift myself up, but man, there have been, been a many a time. I've always, every job I've always had has caused me to get up real real early and, and be up at, at least by 4 o'clock. Back before I was driving the school bus, back when I was driving a truck for Medicine Sea Foods, it was the same way. And many a time, you know, pastoring, you'd get phone calls at midnight. We've had people knocking on the door at 2 o'clock in the morning, young married couples having trouble and uh, coming in, and you deal with it. You forget about having to get up at 4 o'clock. I don't, I don't do that because I'm, Scared if I don't, I will die and go to hell. What all I do for God, what all I do for him, what little I can do, I do it because I love him. Because he first loved me. He came looking for me. And there's something that's greater than me. It's far more important than me. Hallelujah. You see, God can do without me, but I can't do without him. God can do without you, but you can't do without him. I don't care what, amen, nobody says. I don't know if they're a president or a congressman, amen, or some preacher somewhere. Hallelujah, let me tell you, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Glory to God, it ain't in Muhammad, it ain't in Allah, it ain't in some religion or some denomination. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need Jesus. The love 
that he's demonstrated towards me compels me to follow him. I don't follow him out of fear. I follow him because his love compels me. Look at what John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 9 says. This is the words of Jesus. He said, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. That your joy may be full. Sister Moore, I know your heart is heavy today. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. He'll keep you full of that joy. He'll carry you there in those dark, lonely nights if you call upon him. Hallelujah. He said these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one. And I quoted this few minutes ago. Greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. compels me. It draws me. It calls me to service, to do what I can, whenever I can, because he loved me so much. Hallelujah. How can I say, oh, hallelujah. Oh, I think I, uh, I think a song, a song that Sister Dot Shelton wrote years ago. How can I say no to Jesus? When he said yes to the cross, hallelujah, how can I say no to Jesus when he paid that awful cost? Jesus, he talks to you daily. You might not be able to hear him because you've got so many other sounds in your life. Sometimes we got to cut down the other sounds for we can hear closely the voice of Jesus. He calls you. He talks to you. He don't just talk to preachers. He loves everybody the same. Hallelujah. But let me talk. Let me tell you a little bit about this love. Jesus Christ was the epitome of love. He was the epitome of love. His love is so powerful, so far-reaching, that it draws us to him. Apostle Paul stated that the love of Christ compels me. Compels me to what? Now, I got to tell you this, and listen to me close right now. I'm trying to slow down just a little bit because I want to get this, this, this across. Many people in the world mistake the love of Christ for acceptance of their sins and lifestyle. I hear over and over that God loves me the way I am. 
But we should never be deceived because Jesus loves you, your soul. He never, when the Bible said Jesus loves you, he's talking about loving your soul, the real you, the part that's going to live forever somewhere. Hallelujah. But nowhere in the Word of God does it say he loves your sin. He loves your soul, but he don't love the sin. He loves your soul, and he died to save your soul. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil deceive you. Yeah. Jesus says, come unto me just as I am. But he loves you so much that if you come unto him and he accepts you as you are, he loves you too much to let you stay as you is. Well, hallelujah. If you really come to him, he's going to start working on you. He's going to change some things in your life. Hallelujah. You ain't going to stay the way you are. Hallelujah. What's that song used to say? Well, I've been changed. I'm a new born. What's the word? My life has been rearranged. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm glad he did some changing. And guess what? Hallelujah. He's still working on me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You see, he loves, he never loves, he loves you, your soul. But he never loves, nor does he accept or condone your sin. His love compels you to make a change. Repent. Separate yourself from the old life so you can be united with him one day. Hallelujah. You, listen, you have to choose who you're going to live your life for. Your old self, the old ways of bondage and despair, or are you going to live for the one who died for you? Hallelujah. Think about it. Are you going to continue to live, amen, the way you used to live before Jesus touched your heart, before he, he, he loved you enough to take you in? Or are you going to live for something greater than yourself? Are you going to live for him, hallelujah, and trust him and follow him, hallelujah, as he gives you the strength to do so? You've got to choose. Hallelujah. The Lord don't twist your arm. He don't make you do nothing. You got to make a choice. And listen. Listen, this preacher close. Sometimes, sometimes when you make a choice for the Lord, it means separation from, from friends that you've had a long time. Sometimes family members won't understand it and accept it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But each and every person is going to stand for God on, them, on their own self. Hallelujah. It's, i got to make a choice. Joshua, and this is... Uh, this is one of the last messages I remember hearing my dad preach out of Joshua where Joshua said, Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. 
But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Hey, I, 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 don't, I, I like people to like me, and I like people to love me. Hallelujah. I want to be friends, amen, with as many people I can. Hallelujah. Listen, I, I don't have nothing to do with how you live at your house or what you do. Hallelujah. But God has got me as the ruler of my house and the head of my house. Glory to God. And like Joshua, I have to make a call. You can choose this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Hallelujah. There ain't going to be no alcohol in my refrigerator. There ain't going to be no cussing in my house. Because I've dedicated that place to God. And it's a house of God just as much as this is. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. It's time. It's time for people to stand up. You better take a stand. Hallelujah. You better take a stand. If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. America better wake up and stand up. We're being taken over. Hallelujah. Amen. There's not going to be long. It'd be hard to find a Christian church of any denomination in this country. Hallelujah. Amen. They'll have them tall tires built everywhere, and you won't have an alarm clock getting you up in the morning. You'll hear one of them prayer horns for the Muslims blowing, hallelujah, waking you up for 5 a.m. prayer time. Hallelujah. We've got to take a stand, church. And it's the love that he has that compels me. One more point, and I'm going to close. I want to talk about a total new life in Christ. A total new life in Christ. Hallelujah. It says that therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Are you living for someone greater than yourself? We got to have a new life in Christ, folks. Listen, listen to what Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 reads. What shall we say then? Now, these are some scriptures that I counsel people with that I baptize. I have done, I've used these scriptures for many, many years. But I want to read them to you today. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Hallelujah. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism in the death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. He loved you enough to accept you as you are. Hallelujah. But he's not going to let you. Let me say that again. He's not going to let you stay as you is. Jesus loves the men and the women that's caught up in the gay lifestyle. 
And because he loves them, we should love them. Amen? And he loves them so much, if they come to him, he's going to rearrange their life. Hallelujah. I was talking with a, with a homosexual man one time, and he was talking that stuff on me. Well, you got to blame God for me. I said, why is that? Because I was born this way. And if I was born this way, uh, can't nothing be wrong with it. I was born this way. So what you got to say about that preacher? He was expecting the argument out of me. But this is what I told him. I said, yeah, you may have been born that way. But that's why the Bible says well, you need to be born again. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. That first birth, that birth, amen, of the earth is filled with sin. It's got, let me tell you, the old, the old man, hallelujah, amen, glory to God, there might be an alcoholic, it might be a drug addict, it might be this or that, hallelujah. That's why you got to be born again, hallelujah. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again, hallelujah. I don't care what you used to be, it's what Jesus can make you right now. You know what? There's a whole lot of churches you can go to today and you don't ever hear that phrase no more. You must be born again. Hallelujah. But you know what? It's still in the book. And as long as it's in the book, I'm going to preach it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother uh, Dickon Douglas, come up here. And shake my hand. If you're a lost sinner man and you come up here and shake my hand and go back and sit down, go ahead, thank you. That ain't done him a bit of good. Shaking a preacher's hand don't get the job done. Hallelujah. Well, I told, I, I told, uh, I told Sister Darlene, and I think it was Cassie, uh, uh, la uh, last night. I said, "You know what? I've been wa I've been watching that Pope. I think I might I, I might just uh, change over, become a Catholic, so so I can be a priest. And who knows? I might get elevated, become Pope Sammy, and I can ride in a Pope mobile." Bless you, my son. Why do you, why do you make a lot of that, Brother Samuel? I'm going to tell you. Millions of people praying to Mother Mary is not getting the job done. They've been deceived. Because I'm going to tell you something. I went out, went out to, uh, first time I'd 
been out there in a long time, went out to Fairview, Tennessee, to Hudgens Cemetery, where uh, several people on my mother's side uh, were buried. Uh, went out there at uh, when my uncle's funeral. And uh, when the funeral was over, I walked, walked out there, and memory led me back to the place, and I seen uh, my grandparents on my mother's side. We, all, we always called them. Big Mom and Big Daddy, I don't know why, you know, he, he, he wasn't big like me, but, but uh, and then there was uh, uh, other aunts and, and uncles that I, uh, I remember there, and, uh, and then that whole cemetery full of people that's, that's dead and gone on. The reason why I tell Catholic people that praying to Mary don't do no good, let me tell you something, Mary is just as dead as everybody in the cemetery. Now, they got their own Bible that says, do you, uh, you may not know this, but in the Catholic Bible, they, they teach and they believe that Mary was resurrected and caught up to heaven. That's why they pray to her. But shaking a preacher's hand, having a priest bless you, maybe I need to build a confession over there and have y'all come over there and confess everything in your life. Hey, that might work, man. I could write a novel and make myself a million dollars. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. None of that stuff does no good. You have got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you've got to be sorry for your sins. Not, not like politicians who get on TV and say, I'm sorry. What they're sorry about, sorry they got caught. Well, hallelujah. Glory to God. Once you have repented and been baptized, in Jesus' name, you no longer should live for yourself or your desires. If you continue in the sin he died to forgive you for, then you are living for yourself and not for Christ. And I'm preaching this morning a message titled, Living for Someone Greater Than Yourself. One final scripture, and I'm going to close. Romans 6. Hallelujah. 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 Uh, 1114. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead and did indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield your, uh, yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall have no more dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. I'm so glad for grace. When I came in this morning... Some of the subjects was coming up about the Old Testament and, and the harshness of law. Under the old, I, I'm glad I didn't live in the Old Testament times because under the Old Testament, there was no mercy. If you were caught committing adultery, you were stoned to death. Like somebody said in, uh, in here earlier this morning, if you get out and did any, any kind of labor on, on, on the Sabbath day, if it wasn't nothing but picking up sticks to build a fire, you were stoned. But see, 
The law came by Moses, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. And Jesus offers you mercy today. He offers you grace. Hallelujah. He offers you grace.